Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. It's a, it's a very long time ago I, I, I did any of that, uh, uh, did my degree. And also, I think one of, the, one of the things that keeps coming up with this topic, in particular with empires, people go, why didn't they teach me this at school? And the thing is, is, they probably did. You just don't remember because you don't remember anything you were taught at school. And in the same way that I don't know any physics, um, people don't know any anything about the say they don't know about the British Empire. So you're not going to take the carrot I just offered you in order to boast about <laughs> your you know credentials for embark embarking on an epic history project like this. No, abs- absolutely not. No, the thing I'm really interested in is where history sits in people's imaginations and in culture. And and the em- empire is definitely one of those sort of historical things that you know it's not like talking about the civil war. It's a thing that it's a thing that supposedly or the Tudors, heaven help us, it's one of those things that that sort of shapes the world we live in and the and our culture and uh, and all that sort of stuff. So that's why I think comedians rather than historians are the people to to talk to about this. You could talk about the history, but then where does it sit in people's imagination? And that that's why we went to the countries we went to. We have a comedian from each each of those countries to say, hey, I didn't know that. And and often enough with, with, with our four contributors, I've never really thought about that at all. The British Empire is not something that features in my mind uh, uh, one bit, which I think was, which was a really interesting thing to discover. First of all, to the comedian point, um, you know, as a middle-aged white woman, um, I can only tell you that it's a source of great frustration that men of my demographic are constantly sent off around the world to do these amazing <laughs> trips. And very few women, I could count them on one hand, are, well, are allowed to do similar. So first of all, I think I have to demand that you justify the reason why comedians are such a good cipher uh, for, for a big epic topic like this. Because if it were a program with with just historians, there would, there would be a sort of. It would, I think it would descend into some chin stroking, and and it would be a, a terribly serious program. And I, I always think that you know the, the, a good way to learn things is through the medium of entertainment and being able to laugh about stuff and all those sort of important things that make you stick to a subject. I think being entertained by it essentially. And and I think comics are good for this because they know what's going on. So if you're going to ask us, if you're going to ask a South African where this, this British Empire sit in his imagination, you could ask a politician and they'd give you a, they'd give you a, a their their politicians answer. But ask a ask a comic like Laisa Gola, who we took to the. I mean, one of the amazing things we did with him because in in a certainly uh, uh, my generation's um, imagination, Zulu is a big factor in thinking about South Africa. Nelson Mandela, apartheid, and Zulu with Michael Caine in it. Zulu's thousands of them, that thing. We took him there and he's saying, what on earth are we doing here? Why are you wasting my time bringing me to a, to some battlefield from bank? You're, you know, that you've watched in some film when you were a kid. What is this? 
And that that in itself immediately made you made one think again about, about what was going on, what that Zulu, what the Zulu war was, what the British are doing there. But also, how is it possibly relevant to his life now in modern South Africa and with, with the challenges they have? And that was to, to actually have that you know made to happen to me was a really, really great way of opening my eyes to it, rather than a historian saying, well, of course, over here, you've got the infantrymen in this building, like the sort of his bare bones history version of it. Obviously, empire is a perennial subject of, of enormous yes. interest. We're doing a lot of self-beating uh, about yes. the topic at the moment. So it's very much a, a subject, subject du jour. What did you think that you could bring to it that perhaps hadn't already been scrutinized? What did, what did you learn in the process of, of making it? And also, uh, what was your purpose in sort of juxtaposing um, it, your pub landlord yeah. with his kind of bulldog views, yes. really funny uh, and totally inappropriate, obviously, yeah. with Good. your more uh, sensitive uh, exploration of the legacy of empire? Well, the pub landlord's really useful because he can pop up and go, you know, everyone should be grateful for the trains we gave them and all that sort of stuff. And so, so to sort of put... Put, put put that side of the argument across, as it were. Are you saying that it's the common man's argument? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dream of saying it's the common man's argument. I'd say it's uh, uh, there. But there is that. There is a mindset, and and that's not necessarily one that that occupies the common man. I mean, I I mean, the thing I think that's really interesting about the debate about empire is like so many debates that we have at the moment in our in our discourse is there's two loud groups of people who sort of lob rocks at each other and how many what proportion of the population they actually represent i don't know um but they're you know you you you, never the twain as well in the way they argue about the thing we'll ever we'll ever meet they're never compromised they're set in the way of looking at And and then i think there's absolutely everyone else who probably don't know about the subject much or what they do know they think well it's quite difficult and conflicted this so uh, the pub landlord sort of represents one mindset and then you, but he's a good way he's a good way of of hopping off with a topic you know we we what we really found is that in the four different places we went to and i had a terrible spring of saying saying no no really i have to go to jamaica next week i'm, 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 I'm <laughs> sorry darling i can't do the school run on wednesday i'll be in sydney so i had quite a lot of that going on um is it, it, the is that um the four different stories we found were completely different, wildly different. The difference between India, Australia, Jamaica, and South Africa. It was just each of those stories, the way things played out, what was what was being going on in the going on in the sort of um, uh, in the pot of all these things, all stirring these events, all stirring alongside each other. They're all completely different. So to have a one size fits all way of looking at the British Empire would lead you to drawing. I think not really understanding what went on at all, and it's nowhere near as interesting if you're just like, well, it's. You know, it's all it's all one thing and it's all it's all automatically um, uh, uh, terrible. It's it's a it's a more complex story than then. That's the other thing I really, really was really struck by is how different what we talked about in Jamaica was to what we talked about in South Africa. Wildly different. Yeah, except I was really struck by it. There was one point in the India programme where you were talking about the fact that, you know, tea was imported from China and then, you yep. know, grown in industrial quantities um, in India. And yep. and that uh, all for the purpose of someone British sitting, having afternoon tea and, and mm. sipping this beverage um, uh, that came from the hands of indentured workers in India yep. and was seasoned or sugared uh, by sugar from slaves in Jamaica. And, yeah. and, you know, that, that in a way that just summed up how bad empire was and how how appallingly badly well, I, we behaved I, I, in our own interest. 
yeah, exploitation sitting firmly and squarely in the middle. But what's different? You know, in in Jamaica, you have a you know you have an island that is full of enslaved people, a tiny um, British colony who basically are sitting on a powder keg, as it were. And in India, what you've got is is you know pre-existing empires and nations and princes and the Mughal Empire and the and the British arrive and sort of do, do the sort of do a, a, a forceful corporate takeover and then and then sort of exploit pre-existing sets of stuff rather than setting anything up, which is what they did in, in Australia. They set a thing up and the people there are basically uh, uh, treated as though they don't exist. And then in South Africa, what you have is the, is the Burr colony and the British interaction with the Burr colony trying to overpower that. And then, and then, how they factor the African nations into into the into the what that delivers, and those are all very, very different stories. They're all driven by the the core thing of exploitation and control. You're absolutely right, but the but the way the stories play out are um, are very, very different. And that was the thing I was that was the thing I was really struck by. And what's also very interesting is that the the imperial centre, the British, are thinking, well, what worked in Canada will work in South Africa, and of course. It, completely different places is that, that that even at the time they had a one-size-fits-all idea about it that was wrong there are shades uh, dare i say of, of of monty python and you know what have the romans ever done for us particularly yes. uh, during your indian odyssey i felt you know because it was like yeah well there was trains and there was yep. you know education and there was yep. you know um and actually i wondered if you had found in the end um of your odyssey uh, anything yeah. positive that empire well, the- had brought well, the extraordinary thing is, is Anavab um, Pal in India, he is a massive fan of the British. He loves the British. He loves British culture. He loves the idea of the rule of law and of parliament and of separation of, you know, uh, uh, justice and the state and all that sort of stuff. He 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 is. And and and, and given everything we talked about, I found I found that um, I found that genuinely uh, surprising and um, uh you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't go away patting myself on the back about it, though. I didn't I didn't take that as a sort of win. But I was I was very, very surprised by that and sort of um, uh, uh, wrong footed by it in, in, in a strange way. And 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 yet in Jamaica, that, you know, the fact that um, Jamaica looks to America now and, and doesn't see itself looking facing Britain at all, really. Well, that's that's the impression I got. I found that really, really interesting. It's, the, the, you know, for all the history that Jamaica's had with the UK, with Britain, with the British Empire, actually, there's 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 a there's another place to look now. But isn't there a, a salutary lesson there, in a way, to us in the UK that we think that we are at the epicenter of everything, and whether it's people loathing us or uh, you yep. know becoming independent in order to get away from us, or that people are thinking about Britain all the time. And and one of the things that seemed pretty clear to me throughout this series is that all of those nations are just getting yep. on with uh, you know a, a lives that are that are now completely disengaged with with the UK and we don't matter one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, precisely. And, 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 in a, and in a strange way, in Australia, I really found that I was like the Martian turning up and saying, explain this to me, rather than the, the Brit checking in on where, where things had ended up since we left. It felt like a, a completely I was actually able to sort of in Australia most of all look look at things in a kind of uh, the, the most dispassionate way perhaps um uh which I was again I was I was really really surprised by although I've been there a lot though so I've been to Australia quite a lot so so my my attitude to it was all was was maybe wasn't as um was as, as fresh as as the other countries where I'd never been before you know I, I it's my first encounter with Jamaica which which was which I think was an amazing place. And, um, and, yeah. and, you know, and also you then get into the, with India, we went to Calcutta, we went to Darjeeling. India's, India's gigantic, it's colossal. And it, and it's a vast patchwork quilt of lots of different things. So, so the idea in a way that we have wrestled India to the ground in a 50 minute um, history entertainment program is uh, perhaps fanciful. <laughs> um, talk to me then a little bit just about the sort of, um, I suppose the responsibility that comes with it and 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 the fact that you're tackling uh, what is a complex and uh, emotive in the series. Yeah. And I, I, I wondered how much you worry about the sort of fetid uh, atmosphere at the moment. I mean, you talked about the sort of polarisation of, yeah. of views. Um, we obviously live in a world that, uh, you know, particularly at the moment, sadly, with the headlines, that, that, that is, is very much framed by extreme views uh, that are very, very far uh, away yeah. from each other. Do you do you think about that? Do you worry about that? Do you think that you have a responsibility? Do you think your responsibility is actually to provoke people into questioning uh, what they're thinking? To the first half of the question, no. I've been doing a stand-up act for a really long time that has upset people along the way, and I've never cared about that. Um, uh, it, 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 it's not a thing that I lie awake at night worrying about at all, really. Um, and that that's just... A, that's come with having been around a really, really long time and realizing that worrying about this sort of thing would, would, would mean, in the end, not all right. I'll, I won't bother telling jokes then. Uh, uh, in that case, it's how I end up feeling about that. I, I, I mean, I also just sort of think, really, with this program, people should make their own minds up. Comedians keep being told, we keep being told by the people that tell comedians things that we're supposed to tackle difficult subjects and talk about hard stuff. So here we are doing it, you know. <laughs> so, so. If, people don't like that then they did tell us to do it there's a lot of institutional cowardice out there isn't isn't there and and someone like you who's you know uh, extremely successful you know a household mm. name uh, you carry both a degree of power but also a degree of focus and i think yeah. you know one of the things about the whole sort of cancel culture thing is 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 the people it really impacts on are the people who can ill afford to lose their livelihood yes. or or look yeah. elsewhere 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's absolutely true. Uh, and and you know, I've carved I've carved out my space, and I've I've done I did my bad taste jokes when I was younger and all that sort of thing. So I've so I've you know made made room for maneuver for myself. But you're absolutely right. It's the people people for, you know starting out who who are who are most likely think doing the running the maths as it were on mm. on what they can and can't do but then but then when i started out you know i i, I started doing stand up in like 1991 and we were we were well in the wake of the, the very left wing um well, relatively not very left wing but left wing alternative comedy where mm-hmm. you know margaret thatcher was a punchline and and all that sort of stuff and so so there was there was a kind of there was a kind of fashion for that at the time i mean what would you know, I, I always tend to I always tend to think in the end, that, that, uh, particularly with comedy, these things are fashions rather than uh, rather than edicts. And- but how important is it for comedians to continue to speak out? Because my I would argue extremely important. Well, yeah, I mean, th- those that are the kind that speak out. I mean, often the other thing that happens with these arguments about what comedians could, can and can't say is there's a whole mm. lot of comedians who do puns. What are they meant yeah. to do? <laughs> Retire. <laughs> well, no, you know, I mean, I, you know, some of the some of the funniest things I've ever seen are, are not comedians who are like uh, telling truth to power and all that, and all that sort of stuff. They're just they're just they're just really really funny, and they make you think life's absurd and grand, and ain't life swell, and the world's a mad place, and all that sort of stuff, which is just as just as important as as uh, us trying to do, a, you know, a, a, an entertainment programme about uh, empire or whatever. What about pub, your pub landlord then? Mm. Would you say that, as you said earlier, he's, he's been around for 30 years yes. and, you know, arguably emerged in, in a, I would say, probably a more innocent time. Do you think that <laughs> what he represents and who he is have changed mm. over those three decades? What happened is he is his concerns were fringe concerns when I first started doing him, um, sort of, uh, uh, the, the, you know, being being sort of obsessed with the EU, for instance. Well, that was that was one of his. He was obsessed with all sorts of other stuff, but but that was one of the things. He was an early voice of dissent, wasn't he? Well, yes, exactly. In a way, it, you know, it's an ill wind that blows no one any good. I, I I was rendered topical by events. Wasn't your biggest challenge though when when Nigel Farage tipped up on the scene because suddenly it was like there were two pub landlords in the well, house. Well, it was it, when I ran in Thanet. That was the you know what we what this country needs right now is a man waving a pint around, offering common sense solutions. Was our tagline. <laughs> <laughs> so who who came first then? Were you inspired by Nigel? Well, I don't know who. Uh, no, I was waving pints around long before anyone had heard of Nigel Farage. But I mean, you know, life imitating art, imitating life, imitating art. Now, I know that you've told me that your academic experience mm. is, is way in the past, but yeah. you've written books on the on the Second World War, and I just wondered, as someone with a, a clearly a mm. huge interest in history, yeah. just what your feeling is at the moment. Listening, I mean, I listened with just enormous dismay the other morning to three voices on our breakfast radio show here yeah. at Times Radio. You know. One from Hamas, one from uh, an Israeli um, minister, and and one from yep. the Lebanese ambassador, and it just sounded like it could have been ten, twenty, thirty, forty years ago. I'd agree with that completely. I think a lot of us thought when the Cold War ended that that we would be past that, but there, you know, there is a new Cold War between the U.S. and and other other states like Iran and Russia. I think is essentially kind of what's going on i th- i think so it strikes me that it's essentially intractable the entire thing and the problem with intractable pro- problems is that whatever you do whatever lever you pull you get an outcome that no one can quite expect or deal with in the future it does feel like we are in in the grip of a world crisis though right now 
Your History is a new podcast brought to you from The Times, and it brings together the real-life stories from our obituaries desk, which have been published for over a century. In this brand new show, we build on this legacy and explore the endlessly fascinating lives who have enriched and informed our own. Join me and our sponsor, Ancestry, as we journey through your history.